Welcome to the Holistic Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Blair, wife, mother of three, author of Holistic Wealth, and founder of the Institute on Holistic Wealth. The show will showcase various experts in the key pillars of holistic wealth. Each week, we deliver the best information on how to become holistically wealthy and live your best life. So today we're talking to Dr. Dina Stevenson, CEO of Dot Dina Enterprises. Dina, welcome. Thank you so much for chatting with us to share your insights and expertise. It's great to have you here. Oh, I am so honored to be here, Keisha. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, great. No problem. It's great to have you on. Um, So I just want to start with how you made the switch from physician, then school principal, to now having your own business. Can you tell us a bit about that evolution as well as some of your signature services? I I think it's just so great to see that transition to let people know how they can actually make this type of move. Right. So um, it's been a journey um, to say the least. Uh, It has to start back when I was a a high school student. I was great in math and science. And so because I was great in math and science, my counselor automatically said, oh, you should really think about going to medical school. Um, My (laughs) parents got wind of it and they were obviously pro go to medical school. Uh Being an only child, being a people pleaser as a a young adult, I did it. And I was successful as a physician, but it wasn't fulfilling. It was, uh, it took up most of my time. I did not see a future with a family in it at all and um, made the decision to leave medicine and initially started teaching at at a medical school and realized very quickly that I didn't like medical students, but I love teaching. And so (laughs) like, it was really my passion. I was excited about it and got a certification um, as a physics chemistry and biology teacher and became a middle school teacher and absolutely loved it. And my principal at the time saw qualities in me, leadership qualities, and said that you really should consider becoming a principal. So I did. And that was impactful too, because not only was I then teaching students, I was teaching adults. I was, you know, supporting my teachers, supporting my assistant principal. And I think I hit a crossroad when I became the principal in my school district that that had been assigned to buildings that were low performing. And so I Mm -hmm. literally used the skills that I learned in medicine. So there was a reason, there was a method to to the madness of going through medicine. I used the same strategies and processes that I use to diagnose patients, to diagnose Mm -hmm. my failing building and was successful at it. But it was, it's, it's taxing. It was a really taxing job to be placed in buildings that were low performing and expectations were low and really trying to motivate people to understand that all kids could learn. It was just, it was a challenge. And so I quit, I quit Mm -hmm. literally without a, I didn't really have a plan, but I knew I could not continue to do what I was doing. And I started, I was still supporting my colleagues who were back in that district. Um, They were calling, asking for advice on how were you able to change processes and systems in your building to get the union on board to support you. And I kept thinking, wow, I'm I'm getting like all of these calls. I wonder if I could like sell this, (laughs) like really Mm -hmm. turn this into a business. But I, I doubted it because I didn't really know of anyone that was doing what I was doing, you know, being able to, to, 
for districts to pay me for this. Right. I did some research and found a woman who had a company. It was an educational consulting business and she was quite successful. I I can't say I interned with her, but I became an associate with her um, just to kind of learn the ins and outs. And my business was, was birthed. The, the 15th of December of this year will be six years. And it's so exciting to realize, although the path that I took was very non-traditional to say the least, it was, mm-hmm. it is who I am now. It is the reason I am who I am now, because those same, all of those things that I learned, I'm now able to teach other educators how to start their educational consulting business if that's what they want. I just launched a course, one of my signature courses called the Educational Consultant Lab, um, as well as support building principles. And so now my primary focus on the educational consulting um, arm of my business is going into school districts that have buildings that have been newly identified as low performing and working one-on-one with the principal to give them the the tools and the strategies that they need to not just get off the list, Keisha, but to stay Mm -hmm. off of it and to go from a low performing school to a blue ribbon school. That's the goal. It's like, no, your your goal. And so really trying to pour into principals that, no, it's bigger than just getting off the list. It's about surpassing your most high performing school in your district and you becoming Mm -hmm. that high performing school. And so that's a mindset shift though, as you probably know, Mm -hmm. getting people Mm -hmm. who maybe think that their students and their staff can only perform at a certain level and getting them to believe, no, they can. I know they can. You just have to believe they can. And then they will as well. And, and then just giving them the support. And it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work, but it's it's so fulfilling. More fulfilling than, you know, performing surgery, which, which is what I was doing. <laughs> no, and it sounds like you're so passionate about this, Dina. It sounds like, you know, your purpose and calling. So what makes this your passion? It, it's really the end product so knowing that the people that I work with, and I'm, and I'm talking about the school district work now, the people that I work with are in a position that they're feeling like they've made probably one of the biggest mistakes of their career in the sense that when you get the notification that your school is low performing, the only person's name on that report is the principal's name. And so it's like you've been branded as you're the low performer, not really your school, because you internalize it. And to see the transformation in these individuals who, you know, literally are walking into meetings with tails between their legs, you know, they're just feeling Mm -hmm. so defeated. And then realizing, no, it's not, it's not me. This is a system issue. And I'm going to put some systems Mm -hmm. in place to, to not just perform at a an average level, but at, at an above average level and to see their transformation, that that like that gives me that's like oxygen to me. Yeah. yeah. I think we're so often we we get we get caught up in labels. We get caught up in you are you're never gonna be good at this or you can't be good at this or this group of people will never be able to get past a certain level or whatever. You start to believe it after a while when you're when you're constantly being bombarded yeah. with this. So my passion is to to like, yes, okay, your your school is low performing. Absolutely it is. Right. But it's not you. It's not about you it's about me being able to look in um look at your data 
um, look at the lack of systems that you may have or tweak those systems and, and give them some, some encouragement that that's exciting to me. And the other arm is to, when I'm working with educators and realize, they realize that they really have an expertise in something. Typically when I meet a coaching client for the first time, I ask them, well, what's your expertise? Well, I'm not, I'm not an expert, Dr. Dina. I'm just, you know, I do this thing that I've been doing for the past 20 years, um, for, you know, five days a week for 180 days uh, uh, out of the year, but I'm not an expert, am I? Am I? And I'm like, when I read them the definition of what an expert is, I'm like, you darn right, you're an expert in it. You're taking it for granted. And so getting them to see these skills that they have and how they can solve a problem with these skills and that people would actually pay them to solve this problem, yes. if they can, you know, if they can come up with a, um, a marketable solution, you know, letting them know that yeah. I know this is where you are, but I can take you through this, these steps to get you here. And I'm going to walk with you side by side to do it. People, people pay for that because we live in a society mm-hmm. where it's so much, I'd rather pay you to help me than me to try to do the research on my own to get it done. And so those two yeah. areas are both, they're transformative, I guess you'd say, because I'm seeing mm-hmm. someone who may feel defeated or may feel like, oh, I can't, I don't have a skill. And then to be able to transform them into a, a situation where they're like, wow, I, I have my first contract. I mean, I got an email the other day from a client. I got my first contract. Look, look how much they're paying me to do what I do, you know, every day. And that's right, great. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And I want to just, um, cause I, I know that we're in a pandemic, people are scared, mm-hmm. but your story in terms of your business is so profound because right now you're currently on track to earn what 500 K yes. contracts and over this year in a pandemic, yes. <laughs> uh, tell us more about yes. that. And so you're, you're on track to earn 500 K, but your monthly net revenue. So is that around 65 K yeah. now? I just counted up all my invoices for, for November and it's at 72 K. It's like insane. Okay. I have my invoices up on my oh. wall. I printed them out. My husband was like, <laughs> This is, this is really crazy. And the, the thing about it is that it all happened. 350K of it happened between April and August of this year because mm-hmm. I said, I got to start practicing what I'm preaching. Like, so I'm coaching people on how to use their skills, you know, to solve a problem, have a marketable solution. And I'm thinking there are newly identified schools. I live in the state of New York mm. that, that have been placed on the list, the ESSA accountability list which is every student succeeds at. And I'm like, I'm sure they probably are so intertwined with COVID-19 guidelines and whether their schools are going to be hybrid or remote. I need to do some research on who are the newly identified schools in the state of New York. And what I did was I did some research. I went on the the list of schools. Is It's a um, it's on the, the New York State Education website. So it's not like it's something that I had to really do a whole bunch of research in. But then what I did was I identified those schools who were newly identified within like an hour of driving from my home because I knew I didn't want to get on a plane. I knew I didn't want to Mm -hmm. um, have to go too far. I didn't want to have to stay in a hotel. And I found seven schools within an hour drive of my home that had been newly identified. And I literally just contacted them, let it let them know mm-hmm. that I was going to do all the heavy lifting for them. Many of them, Keisha, didn't even know they were on the list because they had gotten so many emails wow. related 
to, you know, school closure and what they needed to do to support their stakeholders, that email that they got from state ed was just lost. And so they had no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, and after talking with them and letting them know the work that I had done, giving them some people that they could contact to make sure, you know, I wanted them to know that I, I was a real person and that I had done this work before. Yeah. Um, out of the seven, four of those schools contracted me. And that's where the 350K came from. Just because I, mm-hmm. I knew there was a problem. I knew I could solve the problem. So at this point, it was just a matter of me giving them the information that they needed right. to, to say yes. And, and, and that was basically it. So right. using the, the information that I share with my own coaching clients to say, you know, wait, wait a minute, I'm sitting here coaching you. I need to, I need to use some of that information myself. <laughs> uh, and it pans <laughs> off. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have to say yeah. though, I am a little upset that the other three did not contract with me, but they never even replied. So, um. <laughs> but you know what? You're doing great. And you know, I want to, you know, just go back a bit to mindset. Cause you mentioned that earlier, um, you know, when, when you just started talking and it's so important because there's so many people who might be listening, who might be thinking, wow, that's so great, but I don't necessarily have the confidence or I've, you know, had so many people giving me negative messages, the naysayers, you know, in my book, Holistic Wealth, in chapter two, I talk about the naysayers who tell you can't and you shouldn't and give you all the reasons why you can't. And I know earlier in your entrepreneurial journey, I think it was maybe 19 months after you you quit being a school principal, you had a setback. I never regretted leaving. I knew that that wasn't that wasn't the direction for me. So I started researching, you know, my skill set and what I could do. And that's when I came across it's at the woman who I became an associate with for a little bit of time. And that was a pick me up. However, yeah. those voices didn't stop. Like that unsolicited advice didn't stop because it wasn't like I was successful immediately in what I was doing. But what I learned to do was take those, those people who were, you know, making me feel like I was a failure. And, and right. I literally had to cut them off. I had to, I had to, I had to disassociate myself with them. I took some time off of social media because mm-hmm. as positive as social media can be, we all know that there are some negative undercurrents to it. And then a lot of reading, a lot of self-help books, a lot of, you know, there weren't podcasts back then that I was oh. really tuned into, but just a lot of personal growth development books and, and videos and YouTube really pouring in more positive so that, so that I could kind combat the negative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a choice though. It's it, at the end of the day, I realize it is a choice. I could either allow that negativity and that low self-worth to harness something in me that maybe I didn't want to, to see in the future, or I could do something about it. I mean, I don't remember who, who said it, but it, this is the truth. The man who thinks he can, can't. The man who thinks he can, can. Right. Like, it's like, you either you it's a choice and so you have to choose you have to choose your hard because life's not easy and we we know that but there's so many things that you can do to fuel positivity there's so many things that you could do to fuel your choices to to make the right decisions and it's a day-to-day struggle you know i still suffer from what has been termed imposter syndrome when i when i 
I invoice that seventy-two thousand for for November, I think I had to print it out just so that I had to remind myself, right? You did this. You did this. You're doing this within the global pandemic. Yeah, no. I just invoiced seventy-two thousand dollars. Like that's that's something to pat pat myself on the back with. But we as women, we often we don't want to do that. (laughs) We don't want to. We don't want to boast about it. You know. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. And it's it's amazing that you're having that success. And one of the things that I want to ask you is in terms of your marketing and your lead acquisition, like where do you find most of your clients and and what methods do you use um, to to, to get clients on board? Social media is actually new to me as far as getting clients in June. I don't even think I mentioned this in June is when I officially launched my signature course, the educational consultant lab. Prior to that, getting coaching clients was really just word of mouth because I'm a former principal. And because I, I work in buildings, there are a lot of times where I'll meet people who want to be coached outside of their district. And so they want someone that they can, you know, have conversations with that are authentic, that are not going to be reported back to their district office. And so that that was originally how I got most of my coaching clients. But now I do use um, email marketing. Um, I offer, I don't offer free coaching only because I, I'm a firm believer that if you offer free coaching, I'm not sure if people will take the advice you give seriously. There's not a lot of teeth to it, but I do offer like some eBooks. Um, and so I, I've built up a, um, a list, a list of emails that I send out. I'm about a couple of week, couple of times a week to people um, with some of my other products that are maybe low ticket products. So I'm able to, to keep them engaged that way. I offer free webinars on how to turn your skill set into an educational consulting business. And so I use that, but all of that is new. I am just starting out learning because I'm a forever learner. I'm learning how to use uh, Facebook. Facebook and Instagram to target my target audience more effectively. So it was literally just word of mouth, Keisha, just, you know, and being, being in schools, I'm in a lot of school districts and talking to, to principals and assistant principals. And I do let them know, I I will mention well, my coaching client, they're like, Oh, wait a minute, I could hire you outside of here. Oh, absolutely. You can. (laughs) And so (laughs) that's usually how it, it, it works. And then they'll refer someone to me, um, a friend of theirs, maybe from another district. And so that's how I've been able to build a pretty sizable coaching client list for that. And I, and that's one-to-one coaching. And I just think with the kind of coaching that I do, I don't feel comfortable with the group coaching concept because I feel like every principal has their own individual needs and Mm -hmm. I want them to be as transparent as possible with me. There are people who are asking for group coaching, but I I don't know the conversations that we have. I just feel like they won't be as transparent if we were in a group setting. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And in terms of the startup costs, what were those like in terms of launching the business? It was minimal. That And so I think that's another thing that surprises people because your intellectual property, you, you don't have to buy that. You have that. Right. <laughs> 
yeah. um, it's literally just coming up with a business name. I, I make sure that all of my clients secure a domain, even if they're not going to start a website yet for two reasons. Number one, when you get a domain, you can also get an email attached to that. And to me, if you're sending out literature, like a one page business plan or something to school districts or to whoever you're marketing to, you want them to know that, you know, you're not using your Gmail account, you're not using your, you know, Yahoo account or whatever you're using, whatever mm-hmm. the, your business is. And so that's just a, that's just a Dina-ism. Um, but that doesn't count, cost a lot of money. I think maybe a couple of hundred dollars to really get up and, and running because, you, you know, you get an EIN number. I want them to at least identify who a business attorney might be, but not put them on retainer or anything, but just to have them. So there's like a, right. a list that I have them kind of established. Um, probably the most expensive thing is uh, registering their business with their uh, their state, um, the Department of State, whatever state they live in. Mm-hmm. New York State is probably the highest. I think it was like $400, but most of my clients aren't even in within, within New York State. But um, it's $500 maybe maximum, Keisha. It doesn't cost a lot because you don't need an office. You know, right. I work from my home office. You don't have to go to a bank and, and take out a loan because there's no overhead. As I said, your intellectual property is priceless, but you don't have to pay for that because you've paid for that over the years with, you know, with school and then just investing in hopefully whatever professional development that your, your district offers. And that's another thing I tell my clients, don't quit your job. Don't do like I did. I, it worked for me, but while you're there, you sign up for every professional development opportunity that the district affords you because it's free. And that information that you're going to gain, you can then use it right. <laughs> for you know, future um, future clients or future products or services that you're going to offer to um, your ideal client. Yeah, I know for sure. All good advice. And um, I wanted to ask you in terms of for people listening or, or, you know, people thinking about using their passion or their skills as a part of the passion economy to launch out, what's one key to success that you can give that others can emulate? If you were to think of one key to success, what that, what would that be? Consistent messaging to me is, is a key. So you already have a skill set. You already, um, you have that skill set. What I would suggest is identifying what problem does that skill set solve? And then creating a message to whoever your target audience is that when you work with me, when you receive it, whether it's a product or a service, this is how your life is going to change uh-huh. after receiving my product or service. That uh-huh. in and of itself, that gets your, your target audience, it gets them intrigued wow, this person knows me. This person understands where I am. And they're, they're telling me that they can, they can change my life by using this product. I mean, you think about it, anything that you purchase, you purchase it because you have a problem and you understand, or you believe that this product is going to help you. It's going to solve your problem. And so that consistent messaging is what is the key to a successful business. Yeah, no, I fully agree that transformation and selling how you can transform that person's life is the best route to go. And so just in closing, just because I I know that you're big on mentorship and, you know, in my book, Holistic Wealth, I have an entire chapter on mentorship. I feel the same way about it. You know, after my husband died, I had two young sons uh, without a father. And the first thing that came to me was male role models and 
mentorship. Uh, so from your experience, can you tell us why it's it's so important for a career or business and what you've seen in your experience? Oh my goodness, because you can't do this alone. You cannot absolutely do this alone. And when I think of mentorship, I think a lot of people think of just like one individual. You need a group of, you need a group of strong people to be able to bounce ideals off of. And that's, you know, I've been blessed to have a group of women in my circle that I that I trust and that will tell me the truth and they've done the same things that I've done or they've done they've done it better and I trust them. So if if you are thinking about going into business, you cannot, you may be a solopreneur in the sense that it's just you, but you Mm -hmm. need to have a circle of women or men in your corner that you can contact that are not going to always tell you what you want to (laughs) hear, you know? And I think we, as women, as we mature women, as we get older, we're so independent. And I get that. We know what we want and we're going to go after it, but you cannot forget that you got to have people around you that you can trust with your ideas, with your visions. And if not, you'll easily burn out. It is what really keeps your candle burning. It really does. And so um, it's so important. You know, we uh, we all want to wear the S on our chest as we're super women. And we are. But there's some people that are uh, that are holding that, that, that S on behind the scenes for me. I know I my success is not just because of me. It is because of the women who have poured into my life. I may continue to do so to tell me, you were wrong on that one, girl. You, you you need to do something different or you need to, you need to work harder because you're not living up to your capacity. And so it's so important. Absolutely. It is. Yeah, I know very much so. And I want to thank you for sharing uh, your wisdom and your lessons learned and your successes with us today. It's been really inspiring, Dina. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I cannot wait to read your book, Keisha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping you love it. I think you will. I'm sure you will. Uh, so many of the things that we've spoken about here today are in that book and these deep messages are messages that we share in common and things that we believe in passionately. So I'm, yeah, I can't wait for you to read it. So thanks again, Dina. And where can people find you just to give your your website and social media information? Absolutely. Um, You can go to Doc Dina Enterprises, D-O-C-D-E-A-N-A, enterprises, all plural.com. And that is also my handle on Instagram. That's primarily where I am now. So it's just Doc Dina Enterprises. Um, Look for it. There's a, there's a, uh, a contact, um, link on both of those uh, mediums. If you want to connect, I would love to chat with you. Okay, great. Sounds amazing. Once again, it, this was so inspiring. Thank you, Dina. Thank you for joining us this week on Holistic Wealth with Keisha Blair. Make sure to visit our website, KeishaBlair.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you will never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Are you a member of the Institute on Holistic Wealth? If not, what are you waiting for? Go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to choose your membership plan and join. As a member, you get so many perks, free worksheets, advice, coaching, and a member's workshop to design an intentionally designed life. 
you need to figure out your life purpose, take the Build Your Life Purpose Portfolio Online Self-Paced Course. You're struggling with all your money decisions? Take the free financial identities quiz and then take the course. You recently had a breakup, job loss, or experienced the death of a loved one? Take the holistic healing course. You need an overall plan to achieve holistic wealth? We will help you figure out your holistic wealth blueprint. And of course, if you want to start making money by helping others achieve holistic wealth, become a certified holistic wealth consultant. Regardless of what career you've got, the Institute will show you how to increase your income and walk in your purpose. The sooner you join, the sooner you start to achieve a more holistically wealthy lifestyle. And you're going to want to stay for a very long time. So go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to join. If you haven't read the book yet, pick up a copy of the award-winning best-selling Holistic Wealth 32 Life Lessons to Help you find purpose, prosperity, and happiness.